Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross, and I'm here with my co-host and collaborator, Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Before we introduce tonight's very special guest, um, here's Tamara, who's going to tell you about the cells that we have going on very briefly. Um, From now through the 14th of October, you can get her novel Haunted or and or my novel Sleep Savannah Sleep for ninety nine cents in ebook at Amazon. Tamara, do you want to tell them very briefly what these books are about? No, I want to go on at length. Um, I know. Will haunted. you please? <laughs> well, <laughs> Alistair, um, Haunted <laughs> is my now classic ghost story because I'm old. Uh, it contains a bevy <laughs> of spirit horrors from good-hearted dead hookers to a headless sea captain, a voodoo priestess, evil dolls, cold spots, sex dungeons, lonely lighthouses, and more succubi than you can shake your stick at. Can horror writer David Masters and his intrepid daughter Amber survive the terrors of Wildy House? Be haunted to find out. And in Alistair's paranormal murder mystery, Sleep Savannah Sleep, newcomer Jason Crandall moves his family into an old Victorian in Shadow Springs, with high hopes for a new beginning. But after beautiful young socialite Savannah Sturgis goes missing, he's plagued by haunting visions and terrifying dreams. By day, strange things happen in the old house. Mysterious footsteps, chill, phantom breezes, and the nights are even worse. Is Savannah herself trying to tell him that sometimes the dead don't always rest in peace? Get your copy now while they're 99 cents. All right, yep, now through, again, that is now through the 14th. All right, uh, again, uh, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamrathorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamrathorn. You can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. Uh, for more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, tonight we are uh, ha- proud to introduce a newcomer to the show, uh, Carrie Maniscalco. She grew up in a semi-haunted house outside of New York City where her fascination with gothic settings began. In her spare time, she reads everything she can get her hands on, cooks all kinds of stuff with her family and friends, and drinks entirely too much tea while discussing life's finer points with her cats. And that is all I need to know about Carrie to know that I already like her. So (laughs) welcome to the show, Mm -hmm. Carrie. How are you? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys both Uh, for having me. And by the way, uh, I'm adding both of your books to my to-be-read list. They sound amazing. Oh, thanks. Great. That's sweet. What are the names of your cats? We're both cat people. We love cats. Oh, my gosh. Um, So the newest addition who adopted me, um, her name is Crook, Um, my little Crook Shanks. She's about four months now. And then I also have Bella and Oliver. (laughs) Oh, Oh, nice. nice. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a cat lady in, in waiting. I used to have another cat named Gage, but he decided that he wanted to live with my mother, so now he's grandma's boy, and he, he chose oh. to go sit on the veranda <laughs> at night with her, with her wand, and so it was like, I see how it is. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and, and before we get to your book, I want to ask, you used to live in a semi-haunted house. What does that mean? Oh, well, I don't like to freak people out and say it was full haunted, so it was pretty much fully haunted. <laughs> Um, cool. We had, it was just, it was an old house. <laughs> that um, us out. <laughs> uh, I found my people. This is a good place to talk about it. Yes, um, right. it is. So yeah, I think it was pre, pre-revolutionary pre war in some parts of the house. Um, huh. And over the years, people have died in there. Um, the most recent owner before we had moved in, actually, it's a terrible story, um, but she fell outside during the winter, broke her hip, and she passed away. Um, so we think oh, that she was probably one of the most recent hauntings. Um, we would uh-huh. hear people walking up the stairs in the afternoons. Uh-huh. Like my mom would actually think my dad would come early home early from work, and she'd be like, "Hey, Frank, what's going on?" She'd be folding laundry, and then she'd walk, and there'd be no one there. Um, we would started doing renovations, and the guys, their tools would get moved on them, and like these big burly guys would just be like, "That's it, we're never coming back." Like they got so freaked out by oh wow some of the activity. Uh-huh. Yeah, so just a bunch of little cool things like that. And uh, oh, I love sometimes it. Sometimes we'd be sitting there, and there'd be like this little cloud that would just go by in the house randomly, just uh-huh. just a cloud floating through the living room, and we'd all kind of stop and look at each other, like, "Did you see that? <laughs> what, what color was wow. it? Wow, your eye. What is this? Like, just kind of just like a dense yeah. little. It would almost look like steam, you know. But it's in the yeah. living room. Yeah. With a, you know, kind of like I, I hate to break it to you, but it's not semi haunted at all. It's full on. No, <laughs> it's full on. It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> so it explain a lot color. about my book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is yeah, cool. yeah. It looks like yeah. kind of like when you're boiling water, and it's just like when you get a lot of mm-hmm. steam going, and it would just kind of like go across by the couch in the living room, and again, where it's like we didn't have forced hot air. We had a house that, that had something like that, but it was a rental and we moved out quick. Um, but, but the steam color, it was kind of grayish, whitish, yeah, and it was yeah. sort of like a little ball. And it, it was, Yeah, oh, I love, oh. Yeah, and it's, you can't explain, right. and you all kind of look at each other like, oh, my, did you see that? It's like, maybe it's just right. <laughs> right. Oh, I don't know. So it was, it was cool. We named our oh. one ghost Olive. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. So it's like so they just you became part have... of the family. You know, that's, there you go. Great. There you so, go. You, you must not, you must not be too easy to be. Uh, I've lost all my words. It must be hard to frighten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was the one time that I did get freaked out though. I think it was about fifth grade oh. and my best uh-huh. friend at the time, and we came over after school and we were kind of getting those frozen chicken nuggets. So we popped in the microwave. My mom was out with my sister at the grocery store and we heard this little kid's laughter um, so we just we thought it was my sister home. They came home. Let's go running into the other room to help them with the groceries. There was no TV uh-huh. on, no radio. It was like just uh. a completely silent house, except for our chicken nuggets in the microwave. Um, there was nobody <laughs> there. We looked out in the driveway, and we're like, okay, someone's messing with us. And as we're kind of like looking around, like, oh, my gosh, was that a real thing? Did you hear it? Did we have the TV on? My mom came pulling in. So we were like, oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, we ran outside screaming oh. at that point because it was just like a little kid's laughter. It was like too, oh, too creepy. Like oh. that, that one really creeped me out. Yeah. You need yeah, to become one of our permanent October guests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, really. That's yeah, you know right. what? We, yeah. we we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about doing these theme shows. If we do do like a haunted, like a ghost theme show, I let's 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 get well, you back. Yeah, we. <laughs> 
we kind of do that all October anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be in touch. Well, then we will be in touch. Oh, yes. 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 Um, okay, so capturing the devil. This this is yes. this is right up our alley. This is this is what we mm-hmm. do. This is what we love. This is what we read. <laughs> we as we told you before uh, on, on yeah, before the show we we <laughs> have not had a chance to read it yet. We both have copies of it. Thank you very much for those copies. We're behind though. So the good news is we won't <laughs> be giving any spoilers, but we have looked through it. It looks really good. And for our listeners, can you tell them a little bit about what what is this? What what what's this about? The series book, the last one in the series. Yes. Yep. It's basically the fourth and final book in the Stalking Jack the Ripper series. Um, and mm-hmm. I like to describe them as a Victorian era CSI or a Gothic Nancy Drew. Um, so it's basically just the story of a 17-year-old female forensic scientist. Um, and yeah, she's kind of solving murder mysteries as she goes. And this um, centers around H.H. Holmes and his murder castle. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. For true crime people, it's really, it's exciting. I think oh, that, yeah. and I know it always comes across as oh, weird yeah. where it's like, this is really cool. He's diabolical. But I think that H.H. H. Holmes is so terrifying because of how diabolical he was with oh, the creation truly. and planning of that that creepy hotel. And yeah, so well, it's been, it was it was fun to work on despite yeah. the subject matter. It really is. And besides the Devil in the White City, that that would be uh, narrative nonfiction, which made him pretty famous. There, uh, American Horror Story in the hotel season. I'm excited. Was that based on H.H. Holmes? Well, it had, part of it. it. Had I mean, they had, of it. Yeah. yeah, they mm-hmm. do a little bit of everything, but there the, was one, the hotel. one thread that was definitely based on that. Yeah, the murder hotel. Thread. Well, yeah. I will it have to, that's pretty awful. added to my October binge watch. I know, right? You yeah. should. That's my favorite <laughs> season, I think, yeah. And we played yeah. him with him with one of our novels, but it was sort of peripheral, and we have more plans for him. All writers love H.H. H. Holmes, and so do the readers. Oh, my this God. Guy, oh, he, he really is. Diabolical is the right word. And, of right. course, they like, um, he's often attached to the to Austin, uh, was that the Servant Girl mm-hmm. Annihilator? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Silliest name I've ever heard. And Jack the Ripper. It, it was all the same era. But but this, what you've done here, is it's the Chicago World's Fair when this all happened. So it has this wonderful, rich history to play with. And um, uh, so your your characters, which you introduced in uh, the first Jack the Ripper book, Stalking mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper, um, tell us about them. They're intriguing. She's she's young and she's a forensic pathologist in the 1800s. Yes, um, and actually the whole series started when I had read H.H. H. Holmes's murder confession on the jailhouse confession. Uh-huh. So all of the characters, um, everything that they do are kind of Easter eggs back to H.H. H. Holmes. Audrey Rose, um, she's a highborn <laughs> young lady, and that was because he was from an affluent background. Um, she uh-huh. does her work in the lab with her uncle, and that's based on H.H. H. Holmes doing the lab work in college. Um, his fascination oh, yeah. with the dead. Um, Thomas Cresswell, um, he's got very Sherlockian deduction skills, and that was another nod mm-hmm. to H.H. H. Holmes because he had taken his name from, you know, the famed detective. Yeah. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. they're all just kind of little personality um, quirks from H.H. H. Holmes. I'm trying to think, what can I say that won't be a spoiler? But, yeah, basically everything know, right? in the books from the ground up 
have all kind of all roads lead back to homes. Right, I, I was right. reading a little of it, and right now the reason I'm behind is I have to stop and reread Rebecca by Daphne de Maurier. And honestly, this <laughs> the feel of your language gives me that same feeling. It's very rich oh my and gosh, opulent, thank you. and yeah, and you can see what you're writing about. So th- that's next mm-hmm. on my list. And high praise, high praise. Thank you. <laughs> Oh. Yes, yes, and and the the other thing too is we you know I I, I looked I've, I've looked through mine too and I you have and I think this is important and and I think it's great that you're doing this uh, seriously uh, diverse characters you're you're you you're incorporating some you're you're making heroes out of unlikely uh, just a lot of diversity and and I I appreciate that and I think that the readers probably do too can you can you talk a little bit about that what what motivated you to do that. I think that it's just um, everyone deserves to see themselves in the leading role. Um, and in this book, Audrey Rose, um, she got injured in the previous um, installment. And in this book, you know, now she's living with a permanent limp. And I have a disability, so it's kind of something where, I don't know, I really want readers who aren't able-bodied to see themselves as the hero, who it's not a story just about the disability, but it's about, you know, that's part of them. Um, and that they have to go out and solve mysteries and be this badass in the forensic field. And it doesn't have to change anything. Um, and they right. could still, you know, get the guy or the girl at the end of the day, too. So, yeah, I've gotten right. so many comments from readers where it's like it was just so important to them seeing themselves reflected or having a character that wasn't able-bodied. So, yeah, I, I get really emotional and I start getting teary. But I feel like uh. every child deserves to see themselves, you know. Oh yeah. I, well, you know what? I, I I commend you for it because it 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 really is. I think. I think you know uh, you know obviously a, a vast majority of the population is is able-bodied, so it is a risk mm-hmm. to to make a main character you know who is not. And I I appreciate I commend you for taking that risk because other mm-hmm. people will follow suit. And I I I think when you said everybody deserves to see themselves as the main character. I think that's one of the best things that I've probably heard in a long time. I love that you said that. Truly. Really? Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Wow. I just think it makes everyone's um, experience in life so much richer when you have, you know, just a bunch of different stories being told and shown. So, yeah, I'm, oh. I'm so excited with just diversity in general um, across the board, even with Hollywood, with such films yeah. as like uh-huh. All the Boys I've Loved Before and – yeah, it's just, it's great to see that there's, you know, it's a shift and it's been a long time coming and there's still a long ways to go, but it's good to see that right. it's starting. You know? Well, and what Truly. I'm loving is, what I'm loving is, and it, and, it, and it sounds like you're doing the same thing too, uh, and I think this is where it really will start to, to, to become a part of the fabric, the, the social fabric. And, you know, it's not a story about this. You know what I mean? Uh, this is one thing mm-hmm. we try to do when we when we add diverse uh, characters into our uh, books. Sometimes they're good guys. Sometimes they're bad guys. Sometimes they're men. Sometimes they're women. Sometimes you know. But the point the point is never that they're um, you know that that, that that they're different from 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 you know in any way. It's just that's who they are. And and I and it sounds like mm-hmm. you're doing that. And I think that's really important because if you yeah. make it all about that. You know that that's almost um, counterproductive, almost. Yeah, it, that, it's, you know what I'm if saying. If it's about that, 
if it's all about that, you can't really tell the story properly because then suddenly you have to be too. so careful about what you say. Yeah. Then right. you just have yeah. to yeah, make it into – I mean, there's definitely places for books like that too. But, yeah, I think to just include characters of all different backgrounds in just regular settings, showing them, you know, just going out and doing regular things, I think that, yeah, it's just it's so, right. so important. Um, to not make it about, yeah. you know, race or sexual identity or able-bodiedness. Um, and, yeah, I think that I think that's just exactly what you said. It's kind of slowly changing the fabric of how we tell stories where it doesn't have to be that focus necessarily. That's just, right. you know, a part of them if right. they've got brown hair, yeah. you know. It's just like, yeah, so <laughs> exactly. The point and, is, Yeah, exactly. The point know? is that they're people and, and, and this is their story. Mm-hmm. The point is their story. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, and you're right. It's been a long time coming and I, and I love seeing it. So it's yeah. so exciting to see. Yeah, so many diverse voices coming out lately too. Where it's just, oh, I think that it's just going to elevate everyone, and I'm, I'm just really excited about the shift. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah. Just yeah. Keep... Yeah, and in the real world, we see some horrible things, you know, fighting back against the shift. But I don't see mm-hmm. how it can ever be taken back. It's the it's rest really of us strong. come out yeah. and realize, yep. yeah, it's not. Yeah. So I, I agree with Alistair. This is a wonderful thing you're doing. Um, it is. So what and, did and you? Feeling, I'm curious how how you decided to to to. I mean, obviously, this is a this you know whether it's Jack the Ripper, H. H. Holmes. I mean, even just the time period and the and and the, the serial killers alone are totally fascinating to us. We love that stuff. But what mm-hmm. what made you first get interested in this? Well, <laughs> I never have a great segue, <laughs> so I just blurted <laughs> okay. out and kind of backtrack. But okay. I um. I really like things about serial killers, not in a creepy way, but I'm fascinated by the psychology that goes into what, how a serial killer yeah. becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that I've been fascinated since I was a teen. I actually considered doing forensics in college for a while. Um, uh-huh. And one of those days, um, I had signed with my agent. We had gone out with another project. It came very close to selling. It ended up getting um, canned at the acquisitions table. Um, and then we kind of were just regrouping and brainstorming and she's like well what do you like like let's just totally throw everything that's going on in the market out the window ignore everything what are your passions and I was like well I love forensics like teen Carrie was obsessed with them I'm still obsessed with them I love everything on the ID channel like I fall asleep to my forensic files so then it's like oh that's great just like Alistair (laughs) I really do literally (laughs) my mom worries she's like why are you falling asleep to that I'm like because who doesn't (laughs) It soothes me. <laughs> right? Yeah, he, he's always texting in the middle of the night about forensics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Fun. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of just started from there with talking about what I liked, what I was interested in. Um, then I would think about how hard it was for me um, as a teenager in the 2000s, like the early 2000s, having science teachers tell me that because I was a girl, you know, not to really worry about my science grades, like to just pass. Um, and then I started thinking about, okay, yeah, it's still hard enough for us in this day and age, but what would it have been like in the Victorian era? And then I started thinking about the women who I'd researched who in the 1850s were becoming doctors and like the men in the school had to unanimously Mm -hmm. vote to even let them in. And I was just so fascinated by these ladies. And then, um, then I started thinking, well, if I'm going to have a forensic student, what's the best case? And it's like, oh, Jack the Ripper. 
with you know, the first right. where forensics are really being used with gusto that we still use today. So it kind of just all kept falling together. And then the H.H. Holmes jailhouse confession where I was like, okay, this is definitely, this is where I want the series to go. So yeah, it kind of all just cluttered together into that storm. Something right. neither of us even realized till we, we went to get all your information to, to make the show is that this is YA. It didn't come off like YA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, not at all. I love it. I'm glad we didn't know Thank because you. we have an, a YA host and we're glad, we're glad we get to talk to you <laughs> instead. Um, and when, exactly. I'm curious though. Like H. H. Holmes, for instance, not to mention Jack the Ripper, what they really did is so perverse and dark. How does that? Oh gosh, yeah. How do you work with that when you're writing YA? Um, one of the things that I try not to worry about too much with YA is that yes, I always keep in mind the audience, um, and my protagonist's age is what really makes it YA um, oh. more than anything else. I think that. Um, I think that teens are, you know, they're exposed to so much. I mean, look at the news every yeah. night. There's just so much going on um, mm-hmm. that I think that if they're interested in science, where it's like I try to keep it as medically involved as possible, and I don't just have violence for the sake of having violence in any of the books. Right. Um, and one of the things that I felt really important is that, you know, the serial killers um, always get the most attention, but instead of it being about them and glorifying the crimes, I really wanted to take care in detail with the victims and kind of just show the people behind the scenes who were fighting for justice. So Mm -hmm. I kind of just created it that way where it was just mostly, again, science fact-based, like what would this kind of forensics really kind of look at and just kind of keep it from there. I love that. Thank you. Wow. Do do you get any... Oh, (laughs) we always talk over each other. Do you get any (laughs) hassle from parents? about the subject matter? Or? <laughs> um, no, I actually have not. I've gotten a lot of um, English teachers who've come up to me in person or have sent me emails where they've handed the book off to kids who had been getting made fun of for wanting to pursue science or forensics um, uh-huh. and how it kind of helped to reshape the children's where they were going forth with their <sighs> forensic group degree. So I, it was just such an unexpected Wonderful thing to hear and to have those stories yeah. come in fairly often it's just I feel so so inspired by them um to hear oh, how inspired yeah. they were by this girl who was just going after what she wanted so yeah that so oh, so far cool. knock on wood it's all been pretty much positive as far as that I haven't gotten ang- any <laughs> angry parents yeah <laughs> good <laughs> Not yet. There's always tomorrow. No. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But yeah, I think that because the message is mostly to live your life authentically and to go after your dreams mm-hmm. and kind of whatever society has to say, it's like you don't have to pay attention to them. You know, kind of mm-hmm. put your head down, keep going, you know, follow your heart. Right. And uh-huh. yeah. hers just happens to be with dead bodies and viscera, but you know, it could apply to anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's Whatever she <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think that's wonderful. I really yeah, good. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> All right. So now that you, this is the last book in this series. So the big question now is, what's next? Well, I can't talk too much about it, but we did announce a little while ago that my next series um, is going to be 
tentatively scheduled for next fall, too. Um, the first book is titled Kingdom of the Wicked, um, mm-hmm. and it's loosely based in 19th century Sicily. Um, and uh-huh. it's about a witch whose sister was murdered, and she's kind of on the path to discover who is behind it, what's going on, and maybe a little bit of vengeance. Um, and a mm-hmm. demon prince who is tasked with finding a bride for his master. Um, and yeah, I can't say too much more, but it's a paranormal that's murder okay. mystery. And that, yeah, I'm really, really excited. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great, and uh, you Thank definitely you. must come back for for to talk about it. That's yeah, why I paused in drafting to talk tonight. But yeah, I was just writing it. I wish I could talk more about it. This is a really fun scene. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Well, you know what? As soon as you <laughs> can, is. as soon as you can, let us know because because I'm serious. We we'd we'd love to have you back. Oh. I I found you and followed yeah, you on Instagram, and uh, I'm on Instagram oh. now. Yay! And I found you. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I need a new phone. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So we're connected. Now we're he's stalking there. you too. Yeah. I'm talking <laughs> you now officially, officially. Oh, and uh, so yeah, so so for real, you know, we'll we'll keep we'll keep our eye on you and definitely. Uh, keep your eye on us and we'll, we'll have you back. But I know, right? Uh, saying that. <laughs> I know, I know. It's horrible. So, but other than uh, other than Instagram, uh, could, could you could you tell our listeners where they can go uh, to find out more about you and your work? You know, your your website. Twitter, Facebook, all that good sure. stuff, whatever it is you, you want the readers to know. Um, Twitter and Instagram are both at Carrie Maniscalco. Um, Facebook is Facebook, um, I think it's Carrie Maniscalco author, or they can check out com, and that has, you know, all the links on social media. And I've also got like a frequently asked questions thing there, and there's a whole tab for writers. So if there's any writers who are listening, I have like a whole bunch of links and stuff um, to sites that I found to be so immensely helpful during the whole writing and querying process if they'd like to check it out. All right. Great. Sounds great. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, um, again, again, thank you for being on. We're we're out of time, but again, thank you. And also, again, I apologize for the confusion. (laughs) No worries. No worries. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was really so much fun. You are welcome. Uh, we'll be yeah. in touch. Uh, we'll, we'll we will. Sounds good. Right. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, we wish you, well, actually, until tonight, we wish you, later yeah. tonight, haunted night. <laughs> and sweet screams. <laughs> thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.